Welcome back to Consuming the Craft Podcast. This is Puff with two special guests. Uh, I'm going to have you guys pronounce your last name, Tom. Tom? Deloach. With Statico and Brian? Lockery. Because not even close to the spellings that I would... Lockery, L-O-U-G-H-R-E. Is that Irish? R-E-Y. Oh, of course. It has to have... And there's a Batman symbol in the middle of it. Of course. Yeah, well... <laughs> to your Robin, that's beautiful. Um, you guys are with Statico and ProBrew, and I can't thank you guys enough for being yeah. here today. Uh, we just kind of took a tour of the Craft Beverage Institute of the Southeast, and you guys are like, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. <laughs> so, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, kidding. But we did start talking about the struggles that uh, small and medium-sized producers are, uh, are, oh. are experiencing. And one of the things that uh, you guys uh, have been contacted about as of recent uh, is the movement in non-alcoholic beer and people being sober curious, uh, the non-alcoholic beer movement and the struggles that uh, producers are having with that. And so, and then you guys have also, I, I did some research myself. Okay. I went online and I saw you guys have this really super cool machine that you put, put beer in and then a non-alcoholic stream comes out and a, a basically a seltzer base comes out, That's which right. I think is absolutely brilliant. I mean, why wouldn't you want one of those things? Yeah, do you? I mean, we can jump right into that process. It's Let's pretty, go. It's pretty because I we went through this process. We had just had uh, we're coming off both coming off of the Craft Brewers Conference. Yeah. How and was it? Was it? Awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. well attended. Morale is high. You know, we're coming post pandemic. It's 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 been a really good visit. The I, I was, was lucky enough to go to the one last year at uh, in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But they wow. always I think they do this on purpose because they don't want me there. But uh, <laughs> they always schedule it during finals week. Oh, always. Yeah. And then the uh, the American Distillers Institute always schedules theirs for the first week of class. So they're like, no, you can't come. You, you're staying here. They do it on purpose, <laughs> fellas, I'm telling you. <laughs> they have to. They're like, oh, let's see what their schedule is. Yeah. Ah, well, here's where we're going to schedule. Yeah, but the Nashville one was really, it was really, uh, I heard it, it was, was a, a good vibe going on. Or really, really, really everyone was very excited to be there. Everyone learned a lot from who I talked to. So, And yeah. range of questions are, they're wide, very wide. I mean, the like for our booth, the biggest thing was the Alchemator. No, and it, I mean it's a really interesting piece of kit, yeah. right? Yeah, it's a, it's 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 a little heavy because it's got a very big pump for its recirculation, but it, it's movable. You can move it around the cellar. You know, it's on four wheels. So very easy to deal so with. Let's go back to the cellar. Mm-hmm. I brewed a batch of beer. Yep, beautiful batch of mm-hmm. beer, golden yellow, gorgeous in the tank. I want to turn that into non-alcoholic beer. How do I do that? So the well, it's, we're using cross flow filtration with a membrane. It's got uh, a bank of membranes. Uh, the total amount of membranes determine how fast it'll it'll uh, pull seltzer off or pull ethyl alcohol and water out of beer. So basically, you're you're talking a clear stream of basically just water and booze. Correct. That's gorgeous. And that's you know derived that's from maltose. Yeah, yeah. So so that malt it's a malt because it's malt malt derived or um, derived. Yeah, yeah. It can't be um, – when we measured it for uh, gluten-free, mm-hmm. it came off – I mean, everything's zeroed out, but you still need to, to address it as gluten-reduced because, you know, you never know. Who's 20 parts be. per million or less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yep. So it's it sub that, but it's still, you know – So one of the crazy it. things I heard about with this gluten thing is uh, it was a, a vodka facility. It huh. doesn't matter who it was, fellas. Right. Let's not even – we're not going to point names or mm-hmm. point fingers. But they were keeping and storing their bottles – near where they were milling oh wow their vodka of course was 100 percent gluten-free 
But some of that dust during milling, during packaging, may have worked its way into the bottle. Yeah. Or Not no, the container, it glue, yeah, labeling. Oh, yes, so. it, or even the caramel coloring in some, right. of these, uh, some of these like liqueurs and things. But like this vodka, by all stretch of the imagination, should have been gluten-free, but they ended it up... It probably was, and then got cross-contaminated from 100%. the outside of the package. Yep. Yeah. That's so what, that what does was a bottle look so. like when you pour from the bottle? I mean, I mean does it, it wraps well, underneath? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the yeah, other thing, so. too. Like, if it's a screw top, anything under that screw top, as you pour through, if you're, yeah. if you're very sensitive. But anyway, let's get back no, to... With, with the alchemator, <laughs> though, what you end up with is you end up with two streams and both taking two you towards revenue, two different Two products. revenue exactly. generated. That's 100%. the thing. You can two make different products out completely. of one. Right. Yeah, you get up with a so seltzer you, base, and then you end up with a N.A. high gravity which which you basically kind of water down a package you, you, from well, there, you right? Blend it or, you blend it or blend it or yeah, guess, you can distilling world proof it. So yeah, yeah. we we <laughs> measure it. Yeah. I mean, when you read about the alchemator, we we can measure it. It's like your mileage may vary. So we we reduce. You take a you basically roll it up to a fermenter, and you recirculate it or a bright tank. You recirculate it through the alchemator, and then there's a second str- or a stream that comes off of that recirculation loop. Mm-hmm. That goes to a you know a second Another tank. tank yeah yeah and that's your seltzer that that is driven off and we take it from you know 100 percent down to 20 percent of original volume and that's the reduction of the NA side wow and then you build that back up with water yep, yep. So, clean so deoxygenated 80, 80, water yeah, 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 yeah. so if you have a five percent beer you take it down to 80, you know 20 percent of original volume and build it back up now you have one percent AB uh, yeah yeah yeah. So you have to run it another fifty percent down again to get it to get the sub yeah. So 0.5. for those out there looking, non-alcoholic is 0.5 or less, correct? Correct. correct. If, if I remember correctly, that's correct. But I do. It can be whatever you want, but for it to be classified. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, gluten free or not gluten free, but alcohol free is zero zero zero, right? Yeah. So that's free. a whole yeah, yeah free. So you know, non-alcoholic beer still does technically so have filtration. Some. Never gets you there. It's no. always you take it if you take a half step to a wall and then you take a half of that, half of that, half of that. Do you ever get to the, the wall? The point of never, diminishing returns. You never yeah. get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what the lesson of uh, filtration is. If you want to get to zero zero, you have to do vacuum distillation, and Something it's a whole nother game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. So yeah. you're talking about four times the cost yep. of what this is, and this is a really approachable cost for no, the no, craft well, brewer. But the thing is, is it's it's more than approachable because now you're getting two streams out of one. Mm-hmm. Now you have the seltzer option and something that the, the, the NA market, from what I can tell and what's predicted, is growing it is, leaps huge. and bounds. Yeah, and it's and it's opening up to. I mean, we've got colleagues that have gone the NA route for their own personal choices and yeah. see the options they've got now, which with NA beer with well, some of the flavorful, it's amazing. Let's go back Literally to the amazing. first NA beer you tried. <laughs> Horrendously bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was not, it was, it, it, you know, the, the forced carbonation, it was metallic, it was overly sweet because yeah. they had to do this un- under attenuation. Some of the stuff and opportunities out there for, for non-alcoholic beer, they're delicious. Yeah. They're, they're, it's 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 a rem. I don't want to say it's not drinking beer because it's really yeah. just drinking beer. Mm-hmm. It's they're fantastic. Yeah, we yeah had, there's arrested fermentation. There's the yeah. filtration options. There's you know the yeast products are coming out that don't you know the byproducts produce. don't don't produce as much. And you know feeding, and they're getting better. Yeah, at their game. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's a lot of mm-hmm. options for. But this option seems to be really smart to me because you have two products and and yeah. it's done cold. Right, and it doesn't affect the flavor. So. I mean, I, we in our our practice, or when we started this process, put one together. We have a little partner brewery near us, near our shop that we work with, named Raise Grain, and we did one of their dry hop beers, and it was amazing 
how much the dry hop stayed with yeah. the NA side. Yeah. Now, really, we, okay, because yeah. that's another big problem. Even with uh, the evaporation, mm-hmm. you know, thin thin film evaporation or mm-hmm. some of these other techniques that people are doing, they're, they're, they're yeah, they're trying to grab that hop uh, portion and then add it back, back in. Back I mean, in. it's it's hard to to get it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not saying that people can't do it because I've had some really really great products, but that to me, if you can keep that uh, in it, is a is a big deal. So yeah, so we we have the alchemator running. It's dividing into two parts. You have the 80% seltzer. When you do the second round to get that level below or down to sub 0.5, usually people just take that 0.1 uh, seltzer and go to the drain with it. And then you build it back up and you have your NA product. Do you, so yields, but so you, 80%. You might have lost me on that because we're, well, we're creating the seltzer stream right. that we do use. Right. So that's and 80%. The closer that's you get to the NA product, that's when it becomes right. more of a waste stream. So what people often ask, what, what do I create when I have this, you know, NA product in seltzer? What is, what is the yield from it? So if you have 100 barrels of uh, a tank that you're trying to process, you get 80 bar- barrels of seltzer okay. yield from that. That's in your second tank. That the that's, that's the in runoff. Your, right, you're ready, and, and right. you can flavor that and do yep. whatever or, you yeah, want. Yeah, it. if it, if it has any bodies, a lot of times it has a little bit of a maltose uh, smell. You may want it or may not. And you can filter if it. you because if you're making seltzer and you want to do a uh, a sugar seltzer and you want to do a maltose seltzer and you want to have a point of difference in, in your own seltzer world within sure. your you can you can play around with flavors. You know, flavor them the same and see if people can notice the difference. So it just depends on what your seltzer customer base looks like. Um, well, but you the, get the, eighty. You the, get what's that? The good thing about having a malt base mm-hmm. is the nutrition facts don't have to be on the can because that if it's sugar based, I don't know if you guys know this, but no, if it's sugar based, mm-hmm. if it's not twenty five percent malt, it goes uh, and it's a, like a hundred percent sugar wash. Technically, it's supposed to go through the FDA, and right. that's supposed to have nutrition facts and wow. nutrition information on it. Right. And so, if you have that portion, which is really, really blend, important, blend back, blend back mm-hmm. to it. Uh, even though you know the, the byproduct of the stream that you're talking about can save you a lot of money yeah. about sending your product off for that nutrition information, which is something that you know if there's variations in the batch, the, that stuff on the can the label should be different. Yes, and- yes, and that I mean, that's that's a that's a, a, a tricky a portion of the market. So what are we striving for? And just in what we just talked about is striving yeah. for consistency. So that consistency is really important. Getting that information that we have to struggle with. Oh my God! If you had to be accountable to that as a small producer, ABV levels or whatever, it, 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 it'd you be couldn't very afford difficult. to do it. Right. There's even with some of the people doing it at a very reasonable price around the country, you could not afford to change all your packaging every time. Get that information because you know the the minimum order for cans is like five tractor trailers now. Right. If you want to print it, right now there's some smaller companies. I want to run my own seltzer to my own tap room or something. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, exactly. I, I, and and my own NA beer to my own. Tap well, room. and that's the other thing. I don't think these seltzers and, and NA beers are going away anytime soon. No, certainly not. I the don't NA think beer. they'll go away. 100%. I think I think where the people are getting con- confused about the seltzer is everyone's making one now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more options than there used to be three or four years ago when people were just buying you know the big brands off the shelf. But now all these little breweries because of the technology and because of the things that are moving forward, can make them themselves. Yeah, and that, I think that's the real win. And right. so if you have 10 people coming into your tap room, yeah. giving those folks their designated driver or somebody that doesn't like beer, which mm-hmm. they're wrong, uh, <laughs> an option, right, that yeah. keeps those folks and that entire group at your place longer, mm-hmm. gets you more revenue, and really you're not doing this for fun. 
Yeah. You got to keep the lights on and pay your mortgage and your lease yeah. and all this other stuff. Right. So what a great, I mean. Well, we haven't a, touched on another thing. A third product, which you could do is doing, you know, RTDs. Yes. With the base. Yes. So you can do high gravity, do a high gravity beer, have it come out at 10% and flavor it and play around with it as an RTD. Yes. There's a lot of opportunities. So RTD means ready to drink for some of it those does. that are, yep. are, are, are linked. And that's, that is huge. Right now, that is where a lot of the growth in the market is. Seltzer is blurring that line because yes. of the fruiting alone yes. is, yeah. is kind of like a hybrid. Seltzer is moving into, you know, blurring that line between what is a seltzer and what is an RTD. We've come yeah. a long way yeah. since Bartles and James, fellas. We, we have. Well, in, in the other, <laughs> we have. And from a process guy's perspective, because Stato, yeah. from our standpoint, we're the fluid guys. We're yeah, the yeah. process guys. And for the pro-brew side of things, you guys know the brewing, but also the component and module side. Yeah. Um, we work really well together in the sandbox. I and mean, Texas is a good example with the alchemators we put in out there. But yeah. Um, the, where I was going with that is it, it opens up, for the process guy, it opens up things. And I hear fruited RTDs. I'm thinking flash pasteurization. I'm thinking... Well, that's you, another you know, thing that we need to talk about with this non-alcoholic stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. Without the booze in it, we low get into... Low pH. It's low pH, but we have to be very, very careful about uh, how it's packaged and making sure it, it's best to pasteurize it. Yeah, yeah you best really Best practice have. is to Unless pasteurize it. Unless you want exploding it. cans. It, well, yeah. <laughs> but if you're doing draft, there is an argument yeah. that you could do it on draft for a little while and uh, and then check DO to see if it's... 100%. If, you know, 100%. And, and, making, yeah, and, and making sure you're pushing those kegs with CO2 and, and, and clean right. stuff. And I, I think that there is an argument for that. But if you're putting it in a can, yeah. you get into some... Some other pathogens that yeah. the alcohol isn't there to kind of keep out, and so I would, if yeah. you're if you're thinking along this line, and I wanted I want to tell this out there in in the listening world, uh, mm -hmm. to make sure that you have an op opportunity to look into that pasteurization. Yeah, you got stuff. to. You really have to. Yeah, absolutely. Whether it's a tunnel pasteurizer in the in the product, or you're doing a flash pasteurization process beforehand, and then making sure you have the QAQC to test those cans coming out if you're doing it pre. Right. Uh, just just to make sure everyone's safe. And everybody loves tunnel. Tunnel is the process where it comes off the filler in a can or a bottle, and you have a heat step where like little soldiers marching through, and the, they get a hot water bath to hit you a give pee them a little bath. Yeah. yeah. A little you give them the hot bath. Yeah. We all like that in the morning. Yeah, but then the process so, guys, we like to take it up the temperature, hold it for a set amount of time, cool it to where it needs to be. Well, I mean, Pasteurization unit. We're under pressure so we keep it enough carbonated. PUs. Yes. Enough PUs. Which is, then uh, we got total control. At one right? PU is, yeah. uh, what, one minute at 60 degrees Celsius? I think that's well, I think starts. that's correct. Yeah. And then you can you can play with temperature, and shorten the time, and it's logistic. Increase, right, it's logistic. Yeah, right. So if you go up one degree Celsius, it's, yeah, it's higher temperature, temperature shorter time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really so, what it boils down. So we got to get about enough PUs to make sure that that stuff goes. Yeah. But so but beer can, tends to be you gotta lower, slow. yeah, because you don't want to disrupt the flavor. because well, it's it, more sensitive. You got to kind of bring it up slowly and back down because mm -hmm. you don't want to lose the right. CO2 and, and the carbonation. So in the and we do some flash, which is a step before the filler yep. and the argument against doing flash is you kind of pasteurize it and then you kind of unpasteurize it when it when goes to the filler because yeah. it's an open environment yep but it's it's at least 90 percent or 95 percent of the way there so that might be well, it the best on how you handle the atmosphere right. around your filler as well, well and how you clean and sanitize your fillers really yeah absolutely so, how so you clean and sanitize it how you handle the atmosphere any of that cip it. stuff on the on the filler side of things i mean making sure that that's yeah. documented and logged and it's if it's hey Kids, yeah. if it's not written down, it doesn't exist. Well, and that CIP comment, 
springboards to another question that's not so sexy to get asked, but it does get asked. And it has uh, to do with sanitation. This right? is this. It's sexy. It's all sexy. the nerds out there are gonna love. Don't be sanitation. dirty. Yes. <laughs> Don't be, be dirty. dirty. Clean uh, it up. Kids. Yeah, but the short of it is, you know, with, with beer, what, what's you, know, you can make a really awesome beer and totally Ruin screw it. the food. Well, and you, you were saying before, microbes. I mean, brewers make sugar water. Correct, and yeast, yeast makes, makes beer. beer. Yeah, hundred percent. And if that tank, I, mean, is I don't want to insult brewers because they have to, they get it really right. Right, it's creative. You get the malt bill. You they get make the great sugar water. schedule. You get all that done. But if that we can tank, talk about we can talk about mashing and how sensitive the mash is. It, it sets is, the it, tone for everything else. So it's not that they're I mean, just making if, sugar if water. If you start with the crush, that's where it says yeah. the tone. Or or the barley coming. I mean, you could go back to the farmer to the malting floor. Yeah, you know, you can. You could go back versus to, buckets. Yeah, yes, exactly. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those things where <laughs> if the tank isn't sanitary yeah. or even the yeast being pitched in or the process Correct. to pitch that yeast in isn't sanitary, that yeast has to try to outcompete some of this other stuff very, very quickly. Yeah. And that is another problem. So, you know, top struggles that you guys are seeing. We got okay. into the NA. What, what you, you had mentioned sanitization. Yeah, which and, which is why the, I'm going to get into booze clues a little bit. This okay, is a segment sure. of the show where we have to drink, and I, you know, you guys have been around this. Ind- it's not, I'm already ahead of you guys. I went through we, my first. Well, you're from Wisconsin. I expected it. Uh, <laughs> Don't you know? I, oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's from up north. So if you guys could all talk we're real slow, Wisconsin. We're yeah. having beer. He's having a brandy. Uh, <laughs> brandy brandy old fashioned. Yeah, which is funny because it's in a pint. Brandy old fashioned sweet <laughs> is how you. Yes, how do you order that? Yeah, properly. and it's in a pint. And normally pints are uh, 16 ounces. But he's in so that's, close to Canada. That's what, it's twenty. That's, that's what I like to do when I'm ice fishing. Proper pint. Yeah. Uh, so I brought in some beers uh, for us to try to do a little sensory analysis on. So uh, you are drinking a beer from a locally produced brewery called Wicked Weed. Both of them are actually from uh, a brewery, a locally produced. Uh, is it so a I, kettle sour or what? Uh, it is. Cheers, fellas. Thanks for stopping by. This has been a lot of awesome. fun. Um, you can't start drinking all day if you don't start drinking start in the morning. morning. Um, so this is an interesting <laughs> mm-hmm. one because it's called it's a wheat ale. It's fresh pressed. It has mango, pineapple, and guava. It's kind of light, refreshing. Mm. Uh, it's great example of something that would need pasteurized. Uh, if it really, if it has those, I know when the, if they're using extracts, they're probably pasteurized before. They, Even if it's aseptic purees, you right. should be pasteurized. 100%. Yes. Because it's open environment. 100%. Yeah, I mean, so, they're dumping those purees. So in the we tank make small pasteurization units mm. and it's basically after you do your your mixing you can pass it from one tank and do a heat step right there and then it's sitting right before the can filler yep. pasteurized so we're trying to make these these solutions small for the small uh producer yeah me, easy me, to even move. medium to small producer right yeah you, you gotta oh, no, have and we go options. to very big sizes well, yeah. but it's always hard to engineer down to a value that's good for a small producer and get yeah. everything that you need 100%. out of the engineering. Yep. It's it's almost impossible. It's so, when people started shrinking centrifuges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's such yeah, a big deal. Yeah, with the brew 80 versus the yeah. brew 250. Or yeah, it was, it was such a big step. They go down to a brew 20 step, now. Mm-hmm. Which is even better. I mean, for these small producers that have... The, the amount you can recover from yeah. just spinning the yeast out of your beer on the yeah. way to the bright tank, I yeah. mean, can pay for itself... Oh, in a very, very short very amount short of time. time. So, the, yeah, the, the numbers we see, and then you'll see from GEA or Alpha, we work with Alpha. Yeah, we're um, guys, so. They, even in loggers, you're 6 to 8% uh, recovery from tank bottoms. Which, if you think about the work that goes into making a logger, in that's the time finished frame, beer. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, the value is even higher, not even yeah. the hot side. You know, you're not talking no. about wort, you're talking about 
no, already and, finished and fermented easily out spin beer. the wort out of the, the tree well, by yeah, the you kettle, actually too, can. as well. You can yeah. actually do the... Uh, yeah, hot side. Full side. Yeah, yeah. full side. Yeah. Full side. So, and that's something that I don't think it talked about enough, where you can no. spin out the tube in the bottom. Yeah, you get, get more the sugar. Three, uh, Three percent, five percent, sort of. Talking about of brew house efficiencies with yeah. a centrifuge, one hundred percent, and you end up with a drier mm-hmm. tube that you can actually end up turning into another another product. You merge it, yeah. yeah you, you merge yeah. it with your your spent grain, go out to farm. That's something I I also work with. All the spent grain stuff. Mm-hmm. So with the Food Safety Modernization Act, how has that changed for you? It hasn't. There was a, a period where they were going to try and heavily regulate. There, there was. It was, but it, was very, it, very, very but scary. they stood down because yeah. it it was a. It was a best practice, and a lot of it is around traceability. So you, yep. know, you know what traceability is. You're looking at food streams, where they come from. I actually worked on a project trying to get spent grains from multiple breweries in small cities together as a larger truck to get it to farm as an efficiency, but the traceability was broken. You didn't oh, know yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So it would be really hard yeah, to Yeah, I was trying it. to come yeah. up with a program to do that, and that's where the you problem was. You don't almost have a car- compartmentalized truck, and then right. you just, you, it's... Yeah. Something some some grain is spoiled by a CIP and then it kills a cow. Yeah, yeah or yeah. something like that. So we couldn't do that program. It wasn't effective. Um, but usually it's you know we do commercial removal at breweries that are around eighteen thousand barrels to twenty thousand barrels. And they're producing farm. yeah, that's a lot of grain being produced every day. It is. So it's anybody that's under that, it's it's basically a large truck. Mm-hmm. You know, those dump trailer trucks that go out to farm once a week. Yeah. So that way it's not sitting in the silo more than a week and getting bad just and microbes it. in there. Right. So, so it stinks. So you got to get it out of there. You do. You so do. if you, and what then, you like the big producers are drying it before yeah. they get rid of it anyway. So uh, what do you guys smell and taste in this first beer? I'd be curious to, <clears throat> after all your years of drinking. I do get the components, the mango. Mm-hmm. I mean, all three, you can smell the mango, the pineapple and the guava separately. Yeah, I get, they, I, I get the... Uh, they play well together. Yeah, I get the mango. I like it. I, I didn't know about the guava, but I like it. It's, it's really it, nice. It's light. It's fresh. Yeah, it's, it is. It's crisp. It's not, uh, it's not going to be... The, now, the next beer... Is it considered yep. a sour ale? I mean, sour <clears throat> no, no, no. I think it's the tartness of the fruit that it's you're a, getting. It gives you that? Yeah, it's just a wheat. Wow. Yeah. But the... the Well, I get worried when I do tasting panels. So I'm like, okay, is it the beer or is it what I'm sensitive to? <laughs> That's the thing, though. You gotta so this, is, this is the thing about sensory. There's no wrong answers because I can't <laughs> jump into your body and tell you right. what you taste. You can't take everyone over has taste had buds. no. I can't. Yeah. And everyone's had you know different experiences of sensory mm. their entire life. Diacetyl. I have bl- I have a blind to diacetyl. Are you really? Yeah. So can you, you get, get, I get to all slick. The time. You won't, okay. I can only taste slick. I can't. <laughs> I mean, I can. It's like hit or miss. So that's genetic. That has nothing to do. It, you're, you're not. Everybody's body is their own chemistry set. 100%. Different pHs. Yes. So there's no way one. That's why you do taste panels. Well, and this is this is the other reason why I get really okay. I'm gonna get on a little soapbox here, <laughs> fellas. Uh-oh. This is why uh, beer competitions and spirits competitions and wine competitions. This is why beers that won last year that are basically identical to the beer before that won a gold medal don't win the gold medal the next year. Because the panel's different. The right. judges are different. Mm-hmm. It's so subject to the individual tasting that product and what their preference is over, you know, they're trying to judge it to guidelines, but there's going to be something where you're... And terroir to the beer and the hop or malt. Well, you know, there's, the water, there's some of that, the too. The water is such yes. a big deal. Like, you get used to gr- drinking the water where you're at. 100%. And you go to a new... You guys travel a lot. You know this mm-hmm. more than anybody. That when you go to wherever and you taste the water, and you're like, no, this is not what I'm used to. This is different. Well, they're using that I'm same stand, water in their manufacturing process. Standing in the shower, and I'm like, why can't I get the soap off? Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, hard, hard temporary, hard, yes. soft water. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you, you look at that, and you're like, 
Why I, I save, I'll be honest, I'm gorgeously bald and I save a ton of money on shampoo. So it's one of those things, no detangler, no finishing rinse, yeah, no yeah. conditioner. You just think about that cost. It works, savings, fella. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's go to this next beer. Okay. And I'll be curious to see. This. So this is this is kind of the yin to the yang, if you will. This is a double IPA mm. from that same brewery called the Freak. Freak of, of nature. nature. Yeah. And it's a double IPA. But one of the things I like about this beer. Yeah. Uh, I really like this one. Mm-hmm. First of all, for a double. And, oh, and I yeah. think that people are getting a little bit crazy with some of these beers. This has a beautiful balance. Yeah, I was going to say, it's got a good balance. It, 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 there is hops. And there's yeah, supposed but, to be but hops. there's a malt balance. Yes, there's a yeah. sweetness that back yeah. up and, and, and balances out some of that bitterness. Absolutely. Um, it is a big beer. Uh, it, it's at 8.5%, so we'll... It's uh, not a crushable... Yeah, we'll it wasn't able, a crushable cut the grass. No, no, <laughs> no, we'll all be able to color with crayons <laughs> after this... After this uh, top. What, what are some of the other struggles that you guys have recently... Uh, come across medium, small, even even large breweries at this yeah, point. Yes, so I guess we talked about the NA and seltzer. We yeah. talked about sanitation, CIP. I mean, have we talked about DO at all? DO, I mean, it, it plays back into the alchemator because we need dairy to water. D, no. yeah. Dissolved yeah, so oxygen is DO, um, yeah. and that's, that's a degrader. Ba- that's a bane of all product, and really a lot of finished products in the beverage industry. I mean, it, it, it affects wine, it affects beer, it affects it cider, it affects, that was the other thing. Whiskey, it does good. Non-alcoholic cider. Would there? Do you think yeah. that that would You're be? You're making a ju- it's going back to juice again. But yeah, but it's but this light, crisp, not sweet mm-hmm. juice. I think that it would be almost like a it's non-alcoholic really apple wine. That'd Just be, an that idea. Would be really interesting if someone out there has a cider, so we, contact we were, Pro Brew and get one of these we're machines because that far away. It works. We, no, <laughs> we've done it with wine, but the there you have to. There's rules in wine that you have to put the water that's back into the wine, which is just insane. It, it, uh, the, the wine, yeah, it's a very, very insane thing. And so those thin film evaporators will, will travel around and do that. For, non-alcoholic wine, we've, did it, we've done it here. We have a, a, a Rotovap, so we have this really? vacuum distillation kit. And we had, uh, it's so crazy to do this too. So we had, a, I bought two bottles of wine for the program. Fellas, oh, yeah, right. not for me. Uh-huh. And so we, we pulled My the one ethanol. eyebrow was out. <laughs> <laughs> pulled one, <laughs> that's the, and you can see it really well because there's no hair. Up. But I pulled the ethanol out of the wine and we tried it side by side. Because the thing that it's really, really hard to describe if you haven't tasted this, what ethanol does to the flavor of these products is very, very interesting. Hmm. Because it's supposed to be, you know, pure ethanol is colorless, odorless, tasteless, whatever you want to talk about. But what it does is, one, it's a great organic solvent, right? So it's going to keep things in it the way it plays off your tongue. It's just a, it was a very, very interesting experience. Huh. So these non-alcoholic wines, I think the same technology is coming around getting them a little bit better as well. So those of you that like the non-alcoholic, sober, curious, whatever movement you want to talk about, um, some of those products are getting better as well. And so this non-alcoholic stream, I don't know why they have to add that water from the original wine back in. I it's 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 rules. I mean, I know, it, I don't, it, via, it's, via their own community or FDA, yep. you can, you know, rename it then. You know, that's what we're trying to talk to the wine industry about. <clears throat> you still have a wine seltzer that can come off of it. Which Does it a, have to be carbonated? No. Maybe. I don't know. It depends what you mix it with, right? right. Well, you It'd can you can carbonate. You can, yeah, yeah, you can carbonate it because it's you a fructose. Even, well, right? can, so, yeah, yeah. So you could have it really kind of lightly sparkling, too, like a petulant or yeah, a... Yeah. a yeah, you could do anything into, yeah. through brewed up to whatever. Well, but you guys also raise another great subject. We get asked this a lot. It has to do with inline carbonation. Mm-hmm. Oh, because that, you're, you're, yes. you're turning your conicals over quicker. Yes, yes, and yes. And you're able to 
basically. I mean, so in, I, in the brewery, I, my, I my, the process up. The conicals are the fermenters. Yeah, right? the, that's your bottleneck. The first right? commercial brewery I worked at, we were lucky enough to get a little pinpoint carbonator, and it saved us yeah, boatloads of time. So much time. Yeah. So much time. And mm-hmm. so if you're having carbonation problems, yeah. another thing you guys can help folks solve. Yeah, you don't have to bubble it through the, the bright... You don't the have tank. to have the stone yeah. and, and bubble it and take the time. I mean, the slower and, you and do time that... time is the key, right? You, yeah, you, always, you always need it. You need a landing spot for yeah. it. So you would always you keep a brighter too. Yeah. So you, you would have two, but it's not uncommon to go to some breweries when they're really jamming to have six or seven bright tanks. They're trying to condition beer as fast as they can. Yes. If you can lose those tanks and keep it at two, maybe three for packaging, just to hold product ready yeah. to go, yeah, then you have more room on your floor for fermenters, in which they are the cash register yeah. for a business because yes. you need fluid on yeast. That's the print. That's the pinch point. Like that's the time in the tank. Hundred percent. The brew house is never the pinch point. Everyone and always focuses on the brew house. Into everything from. Mixed proof to pipe fences to, I mean, the ability to turn things over, do your routing, quickly. clean it quickly. Yes. Well, the clean and sanitizing all, quickly is together. a big deal. You yes. can't really so, pull one end of the string on No. It. So it's like just, Tom's saying, you know, you clean microbes, eliminating DO or doing best practices to keep DO down. These are all degraders yeah. of a, a beer in a can. Yes. Yeah. Because we're talking about beer right now. And free up access to make beer rather than sit there and... and what happens know? with wine? When you pop a bottle of wine and you keep it on, on it's the, yeah, it, it, it gets, you know, really rough. And that's DO because you didn't put, you didn't clear it. Well, and the other problem with the DO specifically in wine is once you pop the cork or my favorite, the screw top, or even better, the box wine, the box which wine. is the perfect package for wine, fellas. I don't know if it you're is. aware. Because you're not opening the cork. The wine's not sitting no, open. Yep. You push that beautiful button, the wine stream comes out, and, and you don't have that ingress of oxygen for the most part like you would when you open a bottle. Huh. When that when that starts, if the wine starts to If oxidize, you squeeze the bag like I do. Yeah. So, <laughs> Get it on faster. Make sure, and then no backflow, well, right? And I, and I know you guys like to fish and camp. So keep in mind, when you do take a box of wine with you camping, hey. then you blow it up at the end and you have a pillow. Yeah. Or if you fall in the water, it's a, you know, a, it's a flotation, flotation device. device. <laughs> <laughs> but, th- but with that oxygen ingressing, I, I need a one. few of those. You know, like I, know, I might need more than one to keep me afloat. So I need some five liter floaties, please. <laughs> <laughs> so when you get that oxygen into the wine, the problem is, is there's acetobacter everywhere. And acetobacter mm-hmm. makes vinegar. Mm-hmm. So if you leave a bottle of wine open on your countertop or even in your refrigerator to some degree, the acetobacter is going to start to grow and it's going to turn into vinegar. And so, not that there's anything wrong with wine vinegar, but it does take a long time. If you're doing it on purpose yeah. to make your own dressing. Yeah, exactly. But that being said, once you open, you're really, I'm not saying you have to drink that bottle of wine within a week, but you're kind of committed at that point, really. Well, there's aftermarket stuff where they do the argon and, yeah, and nitrogen, but, and, you know, so if you really want to get that fancy with a can of It's easier just to drink the wine. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that camping. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> right, right. Nor should you take a bottle camping. The, no. The, the bladder inside of the box is way lighter, and you right. get more wine. And you can float with it. Yeah. There's no boxes going. The bladder, it's bladder only. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Right. slap the bag yeah. when you're done. <laughs> So that, Let your mind wander there. Yeah. D- uh, <laughs> dissolved oxygen, uh, and we're talking about total package oxygen, yes. not just the dissolved yeah. oxygen yeah, solution. We're talking about the headspace oxygen as well. And that's that's something that every, we'll, we'll go back to brewing, every brewery in the country is trying to yeah. basically eliminate that. Correct. And so, why, no, yeah, the DO is a count of each section all the way through the brewing process, even through fermentation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's generally really, really low, and the biggest violator is packaging. Yes, 
So, but when you add that, those, all those segments all the way through the brewing process, through fermentation, through filtration, which you can pick up some, and even if you're using a centrifuge, sometimes they contribute. Yeah, they, um, especially they if have they have a, a leak. Seal, seal water, <laughs> yep. so there's some of that. Um, and transfers, if you're transferring with a pump yeah, so and your pump's you've got not a healthy. You've got a bad seal. And then, so they, or or even are, hoses. I mean, you've got to check your right. hose seals all the yeah. time. Right. I mean, where, where they come into the ferrule, you, you really have to look at that. The seal between the two yes. have to be solid. Yes. Well, and that raises I mean, even other hygienic issues with the hoses and floors mm-hmm. and so on. Yeah, so. if you don't have those. So, what, so you're adding these up, and then the TPO is the total count after it's already in a can. Yep. yep. So, But again, the it's usually the filling that's the biggest contributor. Yes. So how do you get that number down? It depends on what you're using. and. Well, I mean, if it's a rotary filler, you know, it, the way it goes lower. Uh, I was always telling people to set their filler in a room where they can just blast it full of nitrogen. You can come in one of those scuba masks, <laughs> right? And you can have all your all your people trained, well, old school, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Uh, like the turn of the century divers, yes. you know, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in the big giant helmets, walking yeah. around like yeah. space people. That, that I mean, that would eliminate TPO. Hey, but that, there's, there's no look. Look at Jim's face. Yeah. Yeah. Look at Jim's yeah, face. What does Jim's face look like? Is it turning blue? A higher yeah. wage. I'm yeah. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. No, that, he looks good. He looks yeah. pretty white. Uh, he's pretty, still moving. Pretty tan. Whatever it is. <laughs> Don't take the helmet off. Yeah. Um, You're funny. <laughs> well, thanks, fellas. I can't thank you enough for being here and sharing everything you've shared. Uh, you guys are welcome back anytime. Oh, man. You guys are what I refer to as a hoot. That's a a, hoot? up north there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure, you betcha. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a hoot. Oh, yeah. Uh, Don't well, you know. Yeah. Thanks, fellas. And thanks to everyone that's listening Consuming the Craft Podcast. Thanks to Danny McConnell from McConnell Farms for sponsoring the podcast. Thanks, Danny, uh, for everything you do down at the farm, donating juice, your time, your expertise. Uh, and thanks once again to Tom O'Brien for being here. Thanks, fellas. Uh, cheers, everybody. Cheers. Peace.